Praise the Lord, everybody. If you have your Bibles today, uh, turn with me, please, to the 28th chapter, the 28th chapter of the book of Isaiah, and we're going to start reading with verse 11, 28, 11 of the book of Isaiah. Now, uh, most of you know that Angie and I, uh, we minister in a wide variety of settings to a wide variety of Christians. We've, we've ministered in Baptist churches, in Presbyterian churches, in Congregationalist churches, in Pentecostal churches. And I am Pentecostal, but I don't want that to ever be a barrier to being able to join hands with anybody who loves Jesus and reach out and work together and win souls for the kingdom. So we, we don't use our distinctives as a barrier to fellowship. And we do not use our distinctives as a superiority attitude that we're better than others. Because we're no better than others. Today I am going to preach one of our Pentecostal distinctives, and I think that it would benefit you irregardless of the affiliation that you may hold within the Christian ranks. In other words, I believe this message on the power of the Holy Ghost will be a benefit to every Baptist listening to me, to every Pentecostal listening to me, to every Presbyterian listening to me, and so on and so forth. Because it's the God that we serve, Jesus Christ, is the God for all of us who have believed. And we believe with all of our hearts that there is a power source available to the believer that will enhance your Christian life 10,000%. And we further believe that you can't really go into the depths of God like you ought to go until you are baptized in the Holy Spirit according to Acts 2 and 4. So that having been said, please turn now to Isaiah 28 and 11. And today I'm going to preach on the subject the rest and the refreshing. Isaiah 28 and 11, it says this, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Now this really, when he says stammering lips, he's talking about in the original language, it is a proper language spoken somewhere in the world, but the hearers don't understand it. Okay? Paul quoted this same passage, the Apostle Paul did, as it regards the gift of tongues as a sign to unbelievers. And we're going to look at that later. It's in 1 Corinthians 14, 21 and 22. There were many, many times in the Word of God that the Holy Spirit used strange circumstances to present a word of prophecy 
that would proclaim to the listeners coming world events. That's what this prophecy does. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. There was also a prophecy given through Isaiah of the birth of Christ through a virgin, Isaiah 7, 14. And when, when Isaiah gave that prophecy of the virgin birth of Christ in chapter 7 and the 14th verse, and when he gave this prophecy, he was met with unbelief, with ridicule, and with scorn by those who heard his prophecy. Not much has changed. Not much has changed. You know, as I said a moment ago, you may not be of the Pentecostal stripe. You may not be a part of the Pentecostal world, but be very careful what you say about the Holy Spirit. Be very careful about what you say about the gifts of the Spirit. Be very careful what you say about manifestations because God is in it if God is in it. There are abuses. As with anything that's genuine from the Lord, there are abuses. And there are counterfeits that the devil has as well to deceive even the very elect in the last days. But at the same time, if there is a counterfeit, and if we're going to say thus and so is a counterfeit, then there must be a genuine. And the genuine is what we want. It's what we're concerned with here today. The Holy Spirit designed both of these prophecies, the virgin birth of Christ and the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Virgin birth of Christ in Isaiah 7, 14. Baptism with the Holy Spirit uh, here in Isaiah 29, 11, or 28, 11, and 12. And these prophecies were given to generate faith in believers. So in other words, if you are believing God, if you will believe the word, if you're following after Christ with everything within you, then these prophecies will give you faith. But they will produce unbelief. These prophecies will produce unbelief in the mockers. And those who are opposed to God and those who mock the word of the Lord. Okay? Verse 12, Isaiah 28. To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. Now, Father, I ask you today that as we present this message and present this word to your people, God, I ask today that you just open up our spiritual hearts that we might drink in of the word of God and the truth about the Holy Spirit today, God. I ask that you would fill many with the Spirit, hallelujah, from all different Christian backgrounds, that you would bring us into a relationship with the Holy Spirit like we've never known before through the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. And we pray this, lifting up Jesus, exalting Jesus, and in his name. And everybody would say, Amen and Amen. The first little point I have here today in this teaching <clears throat> is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just as life-changing to the Christian 
as salvation is to the sinner. And words cannot adequately express the importance of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian, in the life of a believer. I don't have words, I don't have verbiage to put it into words how much we need the Holy Spirit on a constant, on a daily, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis as we attempt to live for God. On my podcast right now and on my radio program, I'm re-airing a teaching that I did in 2008 called The Cross and the Holy Spirit. And in that little mini-series, it was three weeks, three programs, 30 minutes each. In that little mini-series, we taught over and over again how that the Holy Spirit works within the parameters of the finished work of Christ upon the cross. And the Holy Spirit gives power to the believer for service. Power for the calling on your life. You need the Holy Spirit baptism in order to be empowered to complete the calling that's on your life from God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And so it's urgent that you hear the word of the Holy Spirit and it's urgent that you receive the word of the Holy Spirit. For without the Holy Spirit, we do not have what we need to complete our task. Everything that the Lord does in this entire world and everything that the Lord does in our lives is done through the person and the office work of the Holy Spirit. And I refer to the Holy Spirit as a person because he is a person. Let's start out by telling you what the Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is not a thing, and the Holy Spirit is not an it. Okay? The Holy Spirit is not a material or ethereal substance, and He is not an impersonal force. He is not a quality of goodness, of love, of morality, etc. The Holy Spirit is not an abstract idea. The Holy Spirit is not a universal mind. The Holy Spirit is not some vague, mystic, life-giving force. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a real being who thinks, acts, wills. He feels, he loves, and he speaks. The Holy Spirit exhibits all the responses that identify one as a person. And if you'll read your Bible, and if you'll study the Word of God, you will see this in every page, that the Holy Spirit is a person. He cannot be seen by the natural eye, but his actions fulfill all of the requirements of a personality. The Holy Spirit is a person, but he is also deity, the third person of the triune Godhead. I want to say that again. We believe in the Trinity. We believe in the Trinity. Bible-believing Christians believe in the Trinity. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is a person, but He's also deity. He is the third person of the triune Godhead. Let's look at some of the characteristics and attributes of the Holy Spirit. And we, we need to know and understand this because then we can see and understand how he works in our lives. First of all, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, the Holy Spirit is indivisible. Secondly, he is united but distinct. The Godhead is one in fulfillment, 
Yet there are certain statements that can be made for each that do not apply to all. You follow me? Thirdly, according to Hebrews 9.14, the Holy Spirit is eternal. According to Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10, the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, meaning that he is everywhere. Also, the Holy Spirit is omniscient, all-knowing and wise, and the Holy Spirit is omnipotent, meaning he is all-powerful. I want to tell you something right now. There is not a chain that the Holy Spirit can't break. There's not a bondage that the Holy Spirit cannot deliver from. There is not a problem that you have that the Holy Spirit cannot minister to you. And you will be guaranteed his help. You will be guaranteed his miracle-working power in your life if your faith is properly placed in what Jesus did for you at the cross of Calvary, if you will trust Jesus with all of your heart, that guarantees you an uninterrupted flow and supply of the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit on an unlimited, uninterrupted basis in your life. Because God is good and he loves us so. Let's look now. We've, we've touched briefly on the characteristics and the attributes of the Holy Spirit. Let's look now at the benefits to the believer. And again, in one teaching lesson, we have to just basically declare these, and we don't have time to explain these. That comes in another format on another day. But there are many and varied benefits of the Holy Spirit available to the spiritual believer. Time doesn't permit me to mention them all, so let me highlight just a few here today as we go along. First of all, in John 14, 16, we see that the Holy Spirit is a comforter. And the word means it's parakletos, parakletos in the Greek, and it means one called to the side of another to help. There, there's another word that we're familiar with, in the Greek, it's parabole, parable. And that means a teaching that is cast alongside a truth to illustrate it. Here we have parakletos, which is one, a person who comes alongside to help. Well, the Holy Spirit is the great paraclete. He is the great comforter. He desires to help us in every area of our lives. And then in John 16, 13, we find that the Holy Spirit is our guide. He guides us down the path of truth. And that is always Christ and his word. Next, we see in John 14, 26, that the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He is the great teacher of the word of God. He will never contradict the word of God. So if you're receiving, if, if you're going to your church and you're receiving prophecies that don't line up with the Word of God, then those prophecies are not the Holy Spirit. They are coming from self and the flesh of the individual or the mind of the individual. But God's Holy Spirit will never contradict God's Holy Word. They agree in all things and are one in complement and essence. And finally, we see in Acts 1 and 8 that the Holy Ghost gives us power that, to do that which we are not capable of doing ourselves. And we, when we speak of power, we are talking there about power for service. Power to witness your faith. Power to serve God in a dark 
and backslidden world. Power, power, power. Power to have victory over sin. Provided now, listen, here's how that works. For years we taught that it was the Holy Spirit that gave the believer power to have victory over sin. And that is correct. It's the Spirit of the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now that's the power source that comes from the Holy Spirit to give us victory over sin. Here's the way it works. Just because one is baptized in the Holy Spirit doesn't automatically guarantee you victory over sin. But as long as you keep your faith in what Christ did for you at the cross, and your faith is anchored in the finished work of Christ, and nothing else, then the Holy Spirit will give you power on a consistent basis to defeat sin in your life. Amen. When Jesus died on the cross, not only did he atone for our sin, but his death also made it possible for you and I to have peace of mind. Praise the Lord. Man's emotions at times are like a puppet on a string. With the circumstances of our lives acting as the marionette. As a nation, today in America, we have become a pill-popping, psychology-dependent society. We are distressed. We are depressed. We are despondent. However, the Lord knew what this was going to be like. He knew that what this world would turn into. He knew that these great problems would occur. And I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost hasn't changed. He's still the answer to the psychological needs of man today. And he's still the one that can calm your nerves. And he's still the one that can bring you into the peace that passes all understanding, the peace of Christ. Hallelujah. And that comes through this wonderful gift, the rest. The rest. This speaks, first of all, it said in Isaiah 28, 12, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. We have this great power available to us. We have this great power that in the midst of the tiredness of the journey of life as a Christian, when Satan attacks our minds and fills us with thoughts of hopelessness and utter despair, we have a great a victory already promised us, already the, the way has been paved, the price has been paid. But if we refuse to hear, if we refuse to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit, then we suffer in our lives for doing so. The cares of our life can grow heavier and heavier, and we can grow weary. But when we begin to pray in the Spirit, we are brought to a place of rest. I want to say that again. There are times when I've got 15 or 20 things coming at me at once, 35 or 40 things, 90 to 100 things coming at my mind all at once. And there are times I'll just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. I'll just begin to pray in tongues. I'll just begin to pray and lift up a voice to God. And He brings peace. And He brings comfort. And He brings rest to me in those occasions. Because that's what it's for. The power of the Holy Spirit. 
My faith is in what Christ did for me at the cross. My faith is not in my efforts. My faith is not in my ability. My faith is not in what I can do or have done. And because the faith is where it needs to be, the Holy Spirit is right there when I need Him to bring peace to my mind, to bring joy to my heart, and to set me out on this great road of glory. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Think of it this way. In the midst of the desert where there is no water and the sun beats down with no shade. And we're walking along and all of a sudden we find an oasis with palm trees, green grass, water, and shade. And there we find rest. The Holy Spirit is our oasis. Listen to me, Christian, in the troubled world in which we live, with Satan battering us on every corner, with, with the enemy launching his attacks at us because we carry the name of Jesus and we carry the message of the truth that this generation so desperately needs to hear. And so Satan will attack us. We live in a dry and a weary land. We're walking a parched terra firma. But the Holy Ghost is our oasis, a place where we can find water of refreshing and we can find a rest for our soul. This is the prophecy that Isaiah gave. Hallelujah to the Lamb. This doesn't mean that the problems of life disappear. This doesn't mean that the desert of our society disappears. The problems are still there, but we will have rest. We will have refreshing in the midst of those problems. The refreshing is the aspect of the Holy Spirit that re-energizes and replenishes us for the journey ahead. The journey of life is too great and difficult for us to endure in our own strength. We must have the rest, the refreshing, the help, and the power, and the guidance, and the teaching, and the comfort that comes from the Holy Spirit. So today, as we read our main text one more time, I want to ask all of you to receive the word of the Lord that was spoken here today and to receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Because if you'll receive that baptism, and it is accompanied by the evidence of speaking with other tongues, but don't get your focus on the tongues. Keep your focus on Christ and ask him, Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He said he would send his spirit. Keep your focus on Jesus and ask him to fill you with his spirit. And then you will, be, you will hear rumblings and groanings and words on the inside of you in a language that you don't know. And that'll be the Holy Spirit. He fills. You do the speaking. But let me emphasize again. Don't get your eyes on the tongues. You know, the tongues isn't even really the greatest part of this baptism. All of this that we described to you today, there was one mention of stammering lips. But the majority of the emphasis was placed on the rest and the refreshing that the Holy Spirit will provide you. Always love the giver more than the gift. 
always cherish the giver, Jesus Christ, more than the gift, whatever you put in that blank. Because God is so much more than what he can do for you. God wants to be your all in all, but he's so much beyond that, and he's so much more than that. So we always want to give him praise and worship, not for what he's given us, but because of who he is, and because of his great love, and because of his mighty power. Praise be to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb forever. The rest and the refreshing. The rest and the refreshing. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, but they would not hear. Sadly today, many in the church today will not hear a message like this. And I understand that there have been those who have taken it too far and there have been abuses in these kind of messages. But that should never, you should never throw out the baby with the bathwater. And the false should never eliminate the true. And the counterfeit should never be cast out and the genuine also. As I told you in the beginning of this message today, if there is a counterfeit, then there has to be a genuine. And we want you to have the genuine baptism in the Holy Spirit today in the name of Jesus. For the rest, the refreshing, the power, the comfort, the guidance, and the teaching that he will bring into your life with all of the mighty power of the Godhead. Hallelujah to the Lamb. You're going to need it in the times that we're living in. You're going to need it in this last day's generation. You're going to need the Holy Spirit every breath of every single day. You're going to need the Holy Spirit. You're going to need to learn how to pray in the Spirit. If you ever want to do anything for God, ever, you're going to have to receive this message. To do things that will last for God in what is coming up upon this planet, we will need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we declare that today. We haven't had time to explain all about it. But we declare it to you because it is the truth of God's word. This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. When you put these two verses together, verse 11 and verse 12 in Isaiah 28, it tells us that speaking with other tongues brings about a rest from the tiredness of the journey of life. Speaking in other tongues also brings about a refreshing which rejuvenates the person. So many times people ask, what good is speaking in other tongues? But what Isaiah has brought here presents only two of the many blessings. And regrettably, despite this tremendous gift given to the people of God, at least to everyone who will believe among us, like Judah of old, just as they would not hear Isaiah, they will not hear this either. Even as Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and let's turn there please. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, <clears throat> verses 20 and 21 and 22. Verses 20 through 22. 
1 Corinthians 14. And this is how we're going to close this little message today. Brethren, be not children in understanding. In other words, when he says, he's, he's basically just saying, act like adults and not children. Let's understand what's being said here. There's been a lot of times I wish I could have said that to some folk. Stop picking apart every little thing that you don't like and understand what's going on here. Understand what's being said here. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. There's a lot of people who maliciously have something against this message because it strikes their flesh wrong. They look at it from the natural instead of the spiritual. It turns off the flesh when, you, when people see you jumping up and down in the church service. It turns off the flesh. It lifts the nose arrogantly in the air and say, I am not emotional. I don't act like that. I don't clap my hands. I don't worship God loudly. See, the flesh is offended by this message. And Paul is saying here, that's the way children act. Oh boy. He said, why don't you act like adults? Have some maturity about you as Christians. <clears throat> then in verse 21, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 21, In the law it is written, this goes back to Isaiah 28, 11, With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. Now I want you to know that 800 years separated Isaiah and Paul. And this prophecy that Isaiah gave, as we discussed briefly earlier, First of all, he received a prophecy of the virgin birth of Christ, and then he also received the prophecy of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. It's the Lord who's calling you. It's, it's, it's not even just the the prophet Isaiah, it's not just simply the, the Apostle Paul, it's not simply this preacher standing here today repeating their words and teaching what they said, but it's the, the Lord himself is calling you today, and he's saying, I have a rest for you. I have a refreshing for you, weary one. I have power for you that you know not of. And the Lord is calling out to you, will you hear him today? Or will you act like the stubborn and the stiff-necked of long ago who refused to hear? And all that the Lord has is your good at heart. Everything he wants to give you is for your good and to empower your life for him. Hallelujah to the Lamb forever. This is what he's saying. It's, it's give, this prophecy is given in a predictive element, and it states that most, many, if not most, will refuse to heed this which is of the Lord. 
and it's it's a bad thing, and you need to be very careful that you you know some people for many years said that speaking in tongues and the baptism in the Holy Ghost was of the devil. You better be careful. Do not attribute what is of the Lord to the devil. You better watch out. You better be careful. Because the Lord is looking to bless you with this gift. The Lord is looking to increase and enhance your life with what he has for you. Don't refuse him in this hour. I, I, I beg you. I plead with you. Because you're going to need this so very, very much. And this will bring a joy to your life. Oh, hallelujah. This will put a song in your heart. This will settle your nervous tension. This will free your mind to grasp the realities of Scripture as never before. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then he said, Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them who believe, but to them who believe not. Now here he's speaking not of the prayer language. He's speaking of the sign gift of tongues. Tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to them who believe not. But prophesying serves not for them who believe not, but for them which believe. And so God has a proper way in which these gifts are to function. And it's two things about that when it comes to tongues. And I'm not teaching on that today, but I have a two CD series that I would send you free of charge on tongues, along with this message, if you're sincerely seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The rest and the refreshing, the comfort and the power, the guidance and the teaching of the Holy Spirit. There is a proper way that these function, and don't let people who, who improperly utilize things turn you off from following after the genuine today. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll take these words, these few words that we've spoken to this people today, and that you'll drive it to our hearts and plant it deeply in the garden of our hearts. Father, in good soil today, let us be receptive today. Let us hear and heed the word of the Lord today. For Father, we need rest and we need refreshing. Oh, glory to God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. That rest the rest that is Christ. He is our Sabbath. It will be enhanced when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We will begin to understand the message of the cross. We will begin to understand redemption. We will begin to understand salvation in a more powerful way than ever before when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we lift up and promote and praise the name of Jesus today. And all that you have done for us at Calvary. And it's in your name we pray. And everybody would say, Amen and Amen.